Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Shooters Touch podcast, where we're trying to grow the game of basketball here in the state of Iowa, one story at a time. And uh, we have another good one for you here today. We bring on Waukee Warriors girls coach, Danny Franklin. Um, and one of the things that we love about doing this podcast is just the opportunity to talk to different coaches at different stages in their career. Uh, Danny's coming over with a wealth of playing experience, but she's new to the coaching game. And while she's coached at the college level, um, taking on the roles of the head coach and the high school level are completely new for her. And so it was fun to kind of sit down and talk shop with her a little bit, catch up on her story, obviously, as we always do, but then kind of start to get an outlook for uh, what things are going to look like for her here in the future and moving forward. And so we had a lot of fun talking with Coach, uh, got some insight. We do. We are going to have to warm her up here a little bit uh, to, to the metro area, get her a few restaurant call-outs. Uh, I'm sure where the good pizza spots are, but uh, uh, she'll have plenty of time for that. And so we hope you enjoy, as always, Shooter Shoot. This episode of the Shooter's Touch is brought to you by Forged Athletics, your go-to spot for sports-specific trainers and athletes to get connected. Visit Forged Athletics at GoForgeAthletics.com and start improving your skills today. I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters. And I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. Well, shooters, as mentioned, here is new head coach, Danny Franklin. Welcome, coach. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Uh, excited to hear your story. We've actually had a had a few people in the coaching community that had actually suggested um, to bring you on the pod, and we were fortunate enough to say she's on the short list. And so, finally got to that point. Now we're excited to hear your story. Um, before we get into it, how um, how are things going? Um, how has the start of the school year and everything uh, been for you out there in Waukee? It has been awesome. You know, I'm heading into my, just starting my first year teaching and obviously heading into my first year coaching too in this district and everyone has been so incredibly welcoming and the people are awesome. So I have enjoyed the start and I look forward to continuing. Good. What, uh, um, any, any big, any big moments so far in the early in the school year that maybe caught you a little off guard or that, uh, just kind of made you even more excited for the year? You know, I, interesting enough, I got married August 14th. So that was like a big personal thing. And then two days later, I started teaching and it's my oh, first wow. year teaching. So that paired with first year head coach, I think within itself, it's just been, it's been busy, but it's been a really good busy connecting with people. And 
I think like teaching has made me more like a really good communicator, which I can see is going to help me more as a head coach, just from the start of the year, working with sixth and seventh graders, you have to be a really good communicator in order to reach them and get to them. So it's nothing too out of the blue, but just busy and fun. Yeah. sounds like a, a very, very busy time for you. Um, not a lot of downtime, but you know, sometimes that's okay, obviously. So, uh, well, as we do uh, here on the Shears Touch here, Coach, uh, we like to go way, way back. Um, where'd you grow up? Uh, what was, you know, what was the neighborhood like? Where did uh, athletics or just sports in general come into play um, as a child? Yeah, for sure. So I was, I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So just a couple hours away here from um, Des Moines. I grew up playing a lot of different sports. I feel like my mom put me in just about everything. I tried music. I tried guitar and piano and those weren't quite my thing. So I stayed on the athletics path um, from like age four or five up and tried, you know, played softball, basketball, soccer, volleyball. I danced for like 11 years as well. It was not my thing. I don't know how I lasted so long in dance. I was the little girl who like my mom would buy the costume and the outfit and I would not go on stage. <laughs> but a basketball court was great. So basketball and volleyball are kind of what stuck throughout my career. Um, played basketball and volleyball in high school. And yeah, then it just kept rolling from there. Had the oh, great nice. opportunity to go play in college. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, I just, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking that, you know, dance and, uh, you know, the actions of the feet and dance and basketball, that had to help a little bit, right? So yeah, I, think, I guess yeah. good job to mom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, good, good. So, uh, how about how about like your neighborhood? Um, you know, me and me and I guess you know Brian. Uh, you know, when we were growing up, it was it seemed like almost kind of like you. You know, we were involved in a lot of different sports too. It just seemed like whatever season it was, we were playing that sport. Um, you know, I guess kids mm -hmm. around around your neighborhood just kind of meet up in a on a basketball court, maybe in just an open lot and, and, and you know, hit some balls around or shoot some baskets? What did that look like? Um, I would say within like growing up, it wasn't so much of that. I was definitely in my driveway. Basketball in my driveway was the best thing. And I, I remember inviting AAU team, teammates over a lot. You know, we'd be having three on three competitions in the driveway or we'd just be going up into the gym. But um, yeah, I would say not so much like just meeting up with, you know, kids in the neighborhood, which looking back, I kind of wish that there would have been more. I think that would have been good for me, you know, to interact more in that way, but m more structured, I would say. Yeah, up. I mean, we, we actually mentioned it or reference it all the time on the podcast that, you know, way back in our day, we just, you know, always meet up at whatever court it was, probably the elementary or the high school court outside at uh, 11 on Saturdays and everybody would just, you know, we have a ball and we pick teams and go and, uh, you know, not, not a lot of that. Uh, I mean, just in our neighborhood, at least not a lot of that goes on anymore. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, and I, I think it would be, uh, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, just grabbing a ball and, you know, just playing no matter what age they are. But uh, what about, you said bringing that, uh, you know, some AAU tournaments uh, or excuse me, some AAU teammates over. Um, how early was that AAU involved in your, um, in your basketball career? Um, I started playing in third grade, third grade AAU, and then yeah, up until high through high school. Awesome. So you play for the. I play for the same team. I uh, 
I actually switched teams a few times. We started kind of, there's this one team, whereas I went to Washington High School, so our huge rivals were Kennedy High School. Um, a parent over there had started a team, and that's where I started, but then I moved actually twice through through high school. So, yeah, different yeah, teams, I which I think once you hit that eighth grade, then it's like summer basketball becomes huge. Mm -hmm. So then the teams all kind of change from there. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of options for AAU teams out there now, I bet. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Lots yep. Yep. Um, well, you, you referenced it earlier. Uh, you said that, you know, volleyball and basketball were kind of the two sports that, um, you know, at least as you got older, you concentrate on. Um, when did those two like, kind of become the front runners as all your time, uh, you know, went towards those? Um, I would say once I hit middle school, it was volleyball and soccer were the same time in middle school sports which kind of wasn't the greatest because I loved both, but I ended up picking volleyball. I had played AAU volleyball and AAU soccer for a long time. And I chose volleyball and that's just kind of what stuck. And then soccer got kicked to the curb, which was unfortunate because I do love soccer. Um, but yeah, that's when it changed for sure. All right. All right. So volleyball and basketball, obviously, eventually there has to be a decision made, made with that in most cases. So was basketball always kind of, you know, your top sport that you were maybe the best at or maybe even enjoyed the most? Yeah, I think uh, volleyball is, I would say, a tougher sport. I didn't start playing it until later. And I know kids now start playing a lot earlier. But, like, fundament fundamentals, eye coordination, it's a harder sport. So, like, a third grader, fourth grader playing volleyball, you might not be getting quite as much out of it, you know, with three hits. And so I didn't start playing until – sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade. And soccer, I had been playing since I was in second, third grade. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say that's kind of why it stuck. And then continuing forward, you know, just playing volleyball in high school. Nice. What was the, um, what was the reason you picked volleyball? Was there one reason? Not I mean, I don't know. I just, I think I loved it more in the moment. I really do. I think like, I think it, I think all three or all three are really important, right? Like you have the crossover from the different sports and soccer is great for defense and spacing and basketball. Um, but I would say I just, in the moment, volleyball was kind of my favorite and I took it and ran with it. Yeah. So it sounds like, it sounds uh, like you, uh, as a coach or maybe even as, as an adult, you know, um, would, would prefer a player who played multiple sports or, um, or maybe would advise that. Is that right? Oh yeah. Love multi-sports. Yeah. Multi-sport athletes is awesome. Yep. Yeah. We have a conversation a lot about that, you know, with, as you probably know, the AAU circuit, you know, being so, um, I guess overall encompassing during the summer where, you know, there just aren't a lot of opportunities to play other sports, but, you know, we think that it's definitely um, a benefit to younger athletes, especially to, um, I guess at least give other sports a try. Um, obviously we, we think basketball is, is the best, which it is right. Um, and so, uh, however, you know, using those, using those, uh, uses other muscles, you know, hand-eye coordination, just a little bit, um, you know, outside of what basketball is in other sports. So, um, how would you say that being a volleyball player helped you on the basketball court? I would say the biggest things were like the side to side. I mean, being, I played all around. I played, I passed, I set, and I hit at one point in my career. And so being able to have the side to side and the jumping mm -hmm. abilities, I think those are biggest reasons why. I mean, it's those quick, titch, quick twitch muscles like in the moment that help 
with basketball and being able to dive on the floor and kind of get after it in that way also helps. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess let's concentrate on that greatest sport. Um, let's get into high school. So uh, obviously playing a couple sports in, in high school, as you mentioned, um, but specifically talking about basketball, you know, what was that freshman year like? Um, uh, we're playing, you know, freshman team, JV, varsity. What did that look like? Uh, freshman in high school, I played on the sophomore team. Um, so I did not play varsity as a freshman. Wash had a really, really strong team. And so I had a lot of awesome people to look up to, which I think was very fun for me to continue to grow. Um, but I did get to play on the, at the sophomore level and it was, it was exciting. It was, it was, you know, my mom played at that high school that I went to. So there was always the talk of you're going to go to wash and you're going to do this and that, and it's going to be awesome. And she was always building me up. So you get there and then it's like in the moment, it was, it was a lot of fun and meeting what was awesome about it is you're, I was a freshman, but then I played on the sophomore team. So I met even more people. And so just the community that the school brought, it just, it felt like nothing, nothing could compare. Yeah. It's uh it is, it is a different, different I mean, feeling, you know, that fr as a freshman, you know, and, and you're finally in high school, you know, and as a freshman playing on that sophomore team, playing with some older, older girls, obviously. So there had to be something that, uh, you know, exciting about that, obviously. But um, if I'm correct in uh, our research team says, you know, uh, your career all stayed in 2012, 2013 and 2014. So assuming that uh, your sophomore year made the jump up to varsity, um, yes. what do you remember, uh, was the biggest adjustment from freshman to sophomore year? Um, I would say the biggest adjustment was, I mean, partly the speed of the game and then also just continuing to fit in as someone who was younger, right? You're younger, you're coming in as someone who is talented and enjoys the game and competing with those people, but also being a community as a team, those were kind of the biggest adjustments. Gotcha, gotcha. What, uh, I guess, what was your role on that team? Um, I played kind of like a 3-4. It was interesting because there was an article I printed. I started most of the time, but our head coach, we had like a, a rotation of six because he believed that there were six of us that were all extremely talented and deserved to start. So there was a rotation. And so I did earn a starting position my sophomore year um, and had all, another one of my best friends who was also a sophomore on the team. Um, but it was a 3-4, you know, played a little bit in the post, but not too much as a sophomore. Yeah. More of a shooter, spot-up shooter. Well, we like to hear that. Like we that. like to hear that. <laughs> um, well, so so how did how did that year end as far as record goes? And then, um, you know, how did, you know, next year um, as a junior, how did your role uh, kind of progress or change after that year? Yeah, the, so that sophomore year, we were above 500. Going into my junior year, I would say my role changed in that I was now an upperclassman. So there was more people looking to me to lead. And so stepping into that role was fun. I learned a lot. You know, I wasn't a huge, I wasn't a huge communicator. I wasn't the best communicator, but I led most by example. And so once I got to my junior year, it's like, all right, Danny, now you have to talk more. You have to be more vocal on and off the court um, with your teammates. And so that my junior year, we ended up going to the state tournament. We lost um, in the first round. Um, so yeah, it was a fun experience going to the state tournament. Everyone always talks about it and it did live up to the hype. It was, was a blast. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, who did you uh, you recall who you lost to at state tournament? We lost to a Southeast Poker Ankeny, I believe. Gosh, gotcha. I, I get them mixed up because my senior year we lost in the game to go to state by one of them, and that was that was tough. But yeah, 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 yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you mentioned how you're not necessarily you know, like your basketball role change, but you know, you have to be, you have to talk more, you have to talk better, you know, you have to lead by example, as you said, um, mm -hmm. you know, all things that, uh, you know, aren't really mentioned to, to high schoolers, honestly, in my opinion. Um, so you kind of got to learn, learn, learn on the fly um, as well, but it sounds like you did that obviously with ending in the state tournament. That's awesome. Um, what about uh, senior year? Um, you know, obviously, obviously role probably changed a little bit more um, as a senior, but I'm um, assuming still, still we're shooting, you know, shooting those threes, um, you know, help, help, helping your team put the ball in the basket. But uh, um, how how that senior year end? You, you mentioned not, uh, maybe not in the state tournament. Um, what do you remember about uh, about the end of that year? Yeah, so I think, I mean, getting into my senior year, I think that's really when I started to become the best leader that I could be and still wasn't at its peak, but it got better. Um, I was a much better communicator. And like you mentioned, like how, how you communicate is important. Right. And so I think those are things I started to pick up in my senior year, you know, how specific can you be on the court in directing um, and encouraging your teammates who are younger um, were ways that I grew. And I think um, basketball wise by my senior year, I was playing just about every position on the court because it was, you know, wherever it was needed for a specific game. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's the biggest ways I grew. And then we ended up losing in the game to go to state, I think by seven, if I remember that correctly. It's, it's funny how people ask you about like the exact moments and really you rarely remember them. You remember like the people and the, yep. the stuff outside of basketball. Mm -hmm. Someone the other day was asking me, do you remember like actually playing? And I was like, yeah, I remember playing. I remember playing, but exact moments aren't exactly things I remember, you know, yeah. unless, except for like the game winners or the right. huge games that you win. But yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, high, high, high school is different, right? Then if we're comparing high school to college, cause you are with the, the guys, the girls that you grew up with, you know, your whole childhood. And, you know, as you mentioned, you might not remember exact moments of the game, but you remember that you were doing it with all the friends that you've been around for, years and years before that so you know there is definitely something to be said about that I think too oh yeah and competing against like the kids that you the girls that you played AAU with right and competing against them that that's that's a blast you remember those those competitive moments mm -hmm. yeah well um here in a couple of minutes uh we'll jump into college but uh let's maybe talk before college um when did you start to get recruited um what was that recruiting process like and uh, if you could just go into that a little bit that'd be great yeah. Um, so I would say I started to get recruited heading into my junior year of high school. Um, I got my first offer um, right there, right like after my junior year um, from the University of North Dakota. And the recruiting process was something I was not super familiar with. Like as a high schooler, um, you know, it was it was nerve wracking because I knew my end goal of wanting to play at the next level and I wanted to play at the highest level possible. Um, just as a competitor and you know my family and I we didn't know a ton about it I reached out to some schools schools reached out to me and there was conversations but 
it's interesting. I mean, having been on both sides, just knowing that really, I did not know a lot about it when I was that like 16, 17 year old high schooler. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was fun to go on college visits and get to know schools. Right. And figure out kind of what I wanted in a school. I think that was kind of really the most yeah, important absolutely. part. Absolutely. And so, you know, obviously, obviously summer basketball, AAU basketball comes into play with uh, the recruiting process. So, you know, as you got, as you got in, into, you know, junior season, as you mentioned, maybe even senior season, you know, what was the, you know, was there a long, long list of colleges that you were offered from? You know, was your list pretty short as far as in your mind, you know, where you wanted to go? I would say it was pretty short, um, like the list in itself, because I wanted to play, I wanted to play division one basketball. That was my goal. And really no one was going to stop me from doing that. Um, so my list was shorter, but from the schools that I had, I knew out of that where I wanted to be. Like um, University of Chicago, being in the middle of Chicago was not something I wanted to, to do. Um, you know, North Dakota, I love my family. I'm a homebody. So that would have been hard for me. So you kind of like as a kid and as a young kid and talking to family and friends and finding out what matters, location was something that was important to me and size those were things that I started to pick out. And so I knew right away, you know, what made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, maybe spoiler alert for somebody, uh, but uh, ended up choosing Valpo. Um, what, what stood out um, about them? What's uh, why the Crusaders? Yeah. Um, well, I've mentioned one, so distance from home, it was only about four and a half hours. So I thought that was awesome. I think getting on campus I had no idea. I didn't know who Valparaiso University was. I did not know until I got there exactly what it was all about. And it's when I got onto campus, it felt like home. Everything just started to make sense. Um, it's a Lutheran institution and I was raised Lutheran. So that was one big thing. Um, the size of the school was awesome. You know, I knew a smaller class size was something I was looking for, you know, being in a, being in a class of 200 plus students, that would be that would be something that wouldn't be what I would look forward to every day. You know, I like to interact with more people and have a smaller unit. And then just the, the girls that were there, the athletes and the, um, they were fun. And it just, it felt like, felt like home. And it's really hard to explain. And even as a coach there, when I was trying to explain it to students, I'm like, you just have to come here and you're going to know, you're going to understand. <laughs> That's uh, that's the biggest battle, and we talk about that on here all the time. Is it's just finding the right fit. Um, like you said, you wanted to play at the top level, but then from there, I mean, the top level can mean a lot of things, and so it's finding the school that fits the best for you. And um, you know, and I, obviously it worked out, and we'll get to that. But sometimes it can be difficult for kids when they get a, a one-track mind as far as wanting to play at the highest level. They don't always go to the best fit, and so. Um, Glad for you that obviously it worked out, but uh, in that recruitment process, so who, so going into your, would have been going into your senior season. So what club or what AU team did you play for? Um, going in my senior season, I played for all Iowa Tech. Oh, you did. Okay. And so I then you were coming, were you coming to Ames? Cause they didn't have the Eastern Iowa one set up yet. Did they? Yeah, no, they did not. I was driving to Ames. Yep. Um, was, was, so was Nicole Miller, she was in your area, right? It was, um, she would have been a year younger than you, I believe North from Northland. Do you remember Nicole Miller? It sounds, yeah, that name sounds really familiar. I believe younger. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just, I would, because, so we've had her on the pod. She obviously played a Drake as well. And I was going to say, just putting the years together, I'm like, oh, you guys had to have been pretty close. And I know, I think she ended up coming over like her junior and senior year um, and playing for attack. And, and obviously that's just the, a program from an exposure standpoint in which is going to start to, you know, give you opportunities to play not only against some of the highest talent in the state, but then start to get the exposure to coaches. And um, it sounds like uh, kind of did the same for you and in, in leading you an opportunity to be able to obviously play at the next level. Yeah, I, it definitely did. I would say also with exposure is just the practices. They prepared me for the next level practices, which was something that you know, it wasn't as much as a shocker heading into like college level practices because all Iowa Tech practices were, it was tough. It was a grind. Yeah, uh, heard that um, on more than one occasion. But um, so so being from the eastern side of the state, uh, what, what was kind of the thoughts or perception uh, about Central Iowa and the CIML specifically? What uh, as a player, um, what were your thoughts? And now obviously tread lightly because now you're part of it. So what uh, what was what was the perception while you were playing? Um, that they were really, really good. <laughs> and it was, it was a competitive league. Right, those teams is like with basketball and volleyball. When the, when we played those teams, it wasn't easy. Um, so a lot of talent and strong, strong teams. Yeah, it uh, it, it definitely uh, has been that for several years, and uh, you're gonna see that firsthand now for uh, for years to come uh, as as a warrior now. But uh, I just always think it's interesting because. Uh, you kind of get in your bubble a little bit and then all of a sudden you get one of these eastern Iowa schools either Iowa City obviously your senior year City High was really good Um, you know you guys as well Um, there's always there's always one from Iowa City there's always one from Cedar Rapids that's really good Um, and seem to come over here a little unnoticed and can put a run together at Des Moines uh, even with a a loaded CIML in there so it's fun I I think it 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 makes the game fun and you're going to have the unique opportunity that you're going to know um have a le- maybe a little bit of a leg up on the eastern iowa schools anyway maybe a little bit yeah <laughs> so well good uh, all right so let's uh let's tread uh down this valpo um you get there you get on campus uh like you said you kind of knew you liked the fit of it uh we talked about it at the high school level but biggest adjustment once you get on campus biggest adjustment uh in the classroom and uh once you step out on the basketball floor Um, I would say biggest adjustment would be time management. (laughs) That's just the one that sticks out most because you are on your own and classes are obviously different. You don't just go to class from eight to three every day. You have classes sprinkled in, you know, every once in a while. And then you practice, you lift every day. Um, You get really busy, but you've got to know how to manage your time well. And it's a shocker right away because if you don't, right, then you're missing out on you're being late to practice or you're forgetting homework. And so I think that was something that I learned very quickly because I am very type A, like I'm going to get this done in my checklist. So definitely time management. And when it comes to basketball, a lot of things are, are different than the high school level, but speed and the physicality are the two biggest things that stick out. 
Yeah, and those the thing with both speed and physicality is that's all year, every day. That's in practice, that's in games, uh, and so making that adjustment uh, can sometimes be difficult. But uh, you seem to make it without a hiccup. Uh, we got here that you were the um, freshman of the year in the Horizon, so um, you you must have uh, been able to come in and, and and fill a role pretty quickly. What do you remember uh, most about your freshman season? Um, I remember shooting, driving most of my game. I was not super physical right away. That took time and I, it took a lot of coaches teaching me how to be physical because I don't think that was in my bones as much, but just the um, you know, natural talent of shooting was something that I was able to shoot the basketball and it went in and so I got to play and I think that's what mainly drove my success as a freshman. Coach will always find a spot for a shooter, that's for sure. There's uh, <laughs> no question about that. Um, I, you know, and then from a, from a sophomore year standpoint, I feel like sophomore year from, from adjusting, you kind of have a little ignorance is bliss in your, in your first year. And you're just trying to come in and fit in. It feels like that sophomore slump, if you want to call it, but that's always like the toughest year for even great players. It's, you kind of start and maybe overthinking a little bit, or maybe they just have more tape on you. So the scouting report looks a little different, um, but take us through your sophomore year. How, how did that go? And what do you, what do you remember most about your second season there? Um, I would say you just mentioned it, the overthinking. I think that kind of hit me as a sophomore. Um, but what I loved about my sophomore year is that's when I started to feel more at home within the basketball world and the community, right? Like teammates and taking more time with them and getting to know them. Cause as a freshman, things are just chaotic and you're trying to just figure it out. Um, but as a sophomore, you get settled in a little bit. But on the basketball court, I think overthinking definitely happened a lot with me. Um, and, you know, just the wondering of, am I doing it right? Or am I doing, what am I, what do I need to do better? And all those different things, those, they happen. Well, I just think it's so tough, especially when you have success as a freshman and, you know, you're doing things right and maybe have a little bit longer leash and then, you know, your expectations of your game changes. You, you're like, okay, you know, I knocked down a lot of shots last year. That was fun. But now I want to get better on the defensive end. I want to get stronger. I want to get – and coach is thinking the exact same thing. And so that's where, you know, the leash might get a little shorter. It feels, uh, feels different. But, uh, yeah, that transition off the court and being able to start to feel comfortable knowing the processes – okay, we've been to this gym before, like those types of things, um, you know, might not show up in the stat sheet, but make a, make a huge difference. And, and, and then obviously made a huge difference for you because then junior year um, came out and had a really great year. Uh, uh, looks like what do we got? Le led the team in points, rebounds, steals, three pointers and free throw percentage. So uh, had a really good junior year. And so how, what changed? Was there, was there just uh, the maturation process or did you something different in that off season from sophomore to junior year or um, what led to the success your junior season? Well, I'd say a little bit of all of that. I think like definitely getting more mature, right. And kind of realizing, you know, sophomore year was rough. Um, when it comes to being on the court and success in that regard, but kind of settling in and realizing this is the moment I have, right. And I don't, I want to make the best of it um, and put in a lot of work and coaches were pushing me and teammates. And I think that's the biggest thing that changed. And, and looking back again, cause you come in as a freshman, freshman and a sophomore and you're young and it's the same thing with leadership. You're one and you know, 13, 14 other girls that are extremely talented. Um, and so kind of filling into that role of being a leader and being even more outspoken um, than so freshman and sophomore year, I think kind of just 
push me in that way. So did you have someone your first three years that uh, you kind of, or a group of girls that you were able to kind of look up to and kind of set the groundwork for you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The upperclassmen at Valpo were all always incredible. And so you always had those people who they were there for you, right? In the locker rooms and when things are hard and having those conversation, conversations, um, it was always, always those girls, the upperclassmen. Yeah. And that's nice. I mean, that, uh, you know, coach talk, we talk about it all the time, but it, it's huge. I mean, it's invaluable to be able to try to put a price on that um, and just having that leadership because uh, at the end of the day, that's what builds a, a builds a program um, and builds a tradition. It's, it's the kids there. Um, coaches, we like to believe that we have something to do with it, but other than getting the right kids on, on the team, it doesn't seem like we have a ton of control. It's the upperclassmen. And so um, moving into then your junior year, you get a, you become the top dog, um, but a little bit of a change. So you guys go right from the horizon. Is that the year then you switch over to the Valley? So my senior year, we switched over to the Valley. Yep. So junior year, we were, my freshman through junior year, we were still in the horizon league and then senior year Valley. Yep. And so all those things that I talked about earlier about getting comfortable with travel and gyms and all that stuff. Now all that changes, throw that all out the window. Um, the one good thing though, is you get to come back home now more, right? We get it. We get you over here. We get to see it. Drake get to see it. You and I, um, the Illinois school. So now all of a sudden your family is even that much closer, but, uh, so what was the, let's first talk, what was the initial transition like when you guys found out you were coming to the Valley? I think it was exciting. I think, I mean, all the talk was the Valley is an extremely competitive league um, and it, it makes sense for us to be in it. And we, you know, our first, my, my, throughout my years at Valpo, we struggled as a team. And so it was, it could have been a little like intimidating, right? Cause we've heard really good things about the Valley and the competitive teams. You've got teams like Drake and Bradley and Illinois state. Um, but we were playing just as similar teams in our own league with, Oakland and um, Green Bay so the competitive level is a little similar but still it seemed like the valley was a notch up so the excitement bug was out there I think for both you know the women's programs and the men's programs yeah no rightfully so too I mean that's like I said it seemed like a good fit for everybody um, and uh, both I mean your program seemed to adjust really well and really quickly and so then going into your senior season um what do you remember? Senior year always is different, always feels different. Like we know that at some point uh, this ride's going to end. Uh, we don't want it to end. Um, but then there's also, Hey, I put in all this work and this is what I've been working towards. And so um, come to the Valley, new gym, new arenas, new opponents. Um, what do you, what do you remember? What do you cherish most about that senior season? Um, you know, I would say I'm kind of taking a step back too, because heading into junior year, I had one of my best friends was in the same um, great as me and as mentioned you know our record wasn't always the best each year we got better and my my best friend who also played basketball and I sat down and we talked a lot about how we wanted these last year or two to go um, and we made a plan in that we are going to bring those young kids under our wings and so I think heading into senior year, like the one thing I remember is the friendships and the culture that we created at Valparaiso University, um, you know, and just the fun we had, right, on and off the court with those girls are what stick out to me most. Um, you know, getting to come home and play at Drake and you and I was awesome because in a way I felt at home, even though it was all a huge change and getting to have all the family there. Um, those are things that stick out. But 
the culture and the toughness and the grit and um, just, you know, the heart that we put in are things that stuck out to me, you know, a lot of work on and off the court and the younger, the younger kids, I mean, two, three of them were just in my wedding. So the, just, that's what I remember. Well, and that's the, I mean, that's the, the biggest thing with this game. And we always, you know, we'll sit there. It's fun to talk about the wins and it hurts to talk about the losses, but you ask any, any player and they'll say it's the camaraderie, it's relationships, um, any coach. I mean, it says the exact same thing. And, and like you said, it, it's just a bonus then when you get a, you know, get to do something that you love doing. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a game. And uh, if you get to form some really great relationships, uh, like you said, people in your wedding, that's uh, my entire wedding party were guys that I played with. And those are just bonds in which that um, you, know, you form through this great game. And so, uh, so then take me to the end. So the end of your senior season, um, final game, horn sounds, you know, this is the last time you'll be wearing the, the Valpo jersey. Um, what do you remember? What was, what were some of the emotions that uh, you kind of remember going through once, once it finally hit you that this was done? So many emotions. I think, I mean, I think the biggest one was just like sadness not to play anymore and to be with those girls and compete every day in practice and in games, um, just that it was over. I don't think it felt real. I think it actually probably took a couple months until it felt actually real. Um, but you know, a lot of emotions. There wasn't really like excitement, none of those emotions, but mainly sadness, upset, you know, losing and um, not getting to play another game. Those would be, those would be them. So then after the dust settles a little bit, um, what, what, what comes next? And is this something that uh, you had in the works or you were just so focused on, so focused on the season, obviously graduating too, but uh, at what point then did you start to kind of turn the page? Um, and ultimately what was the next step for you? Um, so I think it was, I think it was still in basketball season that I had heard through the grapevine about the So You Want to Be a Coach program um, that the WBCA puts on every year. And so I had put in like an application for that. I think that was still in the season and I had found found out that I had made it to that. So then um, the final four ended up going to that conference. The so you want to be a coach program and connected with some people there. Um, I was not quite sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to coach in some way, shape or form, um, but I had gotten my degree in education. And so I was like, you know, I don't know, do I want to go to like grad school and do I want to kind of step in that route or do I want to get a teaching job? I really wasn't sure. So I was literally just going kind of with my gut um, when the moments arose. Um, but I went to that program and then, um, I interviewed with Mercer university to be a graduate assistant down there and I ended up getting that and it just felt right. Again, it was like, I hadn't even been there. I didn't know a ton about the program. I had done my, you know, research, but I hadn't talked with everybody on staff yet. I'd only talked with the graduate assistants and then coach Susie Gardner. And, um, yeah, it just felt right. So I ended up going down to Mercer University to be a graduate assistant for their women's basketball team. That's exciting. So then as a grad assistant, what was, uh, what was your main responsibility there? A lot of things, a lot of things we did <laughs> film. I'm like, it feels like so long ago and it really wasn't that long ago. So talking about it feels very strange. Um, but film breakdown, doing laundry, um, getting practice set up. We kind of oversaw the managers and the scout team. 
So kind of leading them and telling them where to be and what to do during practice. Um, did a little, lot of, a lot of film breakdown with like helping with scouting. Um, those were the main things. I don't think I'm missing anything. You know, getting snacks, going to the store, keeping the coolers stocked up for the players. Yeah. It was awesome because I knew going into it, it was going to be a shift, right? Because for so long, you know, you're the one that everyone's doing everything for as a player. And I wanted to jump into it in that way and serve because there's no way I can coach if I don't know all the behind the scene things that go on. And as a player, you really don't realize all those behind the scenes things that go on um, in the midst of it all. And so it was a lot of fun being on that side of it. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, you said a lot of things that we always touch on. One, obviously, be where your feet are, and that's just doing doing what you need to do in the moment where you're at, and it sounds like you totally bought into that. And then the other thing is, too, is, yeah, going from player to, to coach, you're like, oh, man, I mean, these guys do a lot. Like, I, I never realized, because like you said, you're so focused on you and your teammates and doing everything that you kind of forget that uh, uh, those coaches don't just go home right after practice. And so... Uh, so how long were you at Mercer? Was it just one season, two seasons, or how long were you there? Just one season. Um, afterwards, I was kind of getting the itch to be back home, <laughs> homebody, as I mentioned earlier. And it was, I took that jump because, again, I was young, all right? I I've, I'd always lived in the Midwest, and I thought it would be an incredible, a great opportunity just to kind of step outside my comfort zone, and I did it. And I loved it. Like I always say, like, if you would have put like that university and that program, maybe like in this Midwest, I probably wouldn't have left because I loved it that much. Um, Coach Susie Gardner was an incredible leader and I learned a lot from her. Um, but yeah, I was just there for one season. And then I was like, after that, I was getting the itch to come back to the Midwest. And that led you back to Valpo, correct? So then yeah. you went to be the assistant at Valparaiso. How did that, uh, how did that come about? I had gotten a message from um, coach Mary Evans, the head coach at Valpo that she was looking for an assistant. Um, and I said that I would be interested. And at that point I was actually, you know, thinking about getting back into the teaching world and maybe high school. Um, but when she reached out again, I was sitting in Macon, Georgia, and it felt, it felt right. And it, it's just crazy how life works out. Um, so I ended up coming up to Valpo for an interview and, had an amazing time being back back in Indiana and just meeting with the coaches and the players. And so then how did your coaching role change? Did uh, um, moving up a chair or two, obviously getting up to be in the assistant position back to Valpo, um, a place that you obviously knew really well. Um, I, I assume you continued to, to be on the scouting side of things, but what else, what else changed for you? Where did you become a more of a, a, a vocal part in practice or, or how did your role change when you got to Valparaiso? Yeah, I think, I think I did become more vocal, right? Being as a graduate assistant, you don't say much when it, you're on the floor. Um, but definitely um, at Valpo, I became more vocal, a lot more like individual group skill workouts before and during the season. And then the biggest change was recruiting. You know, that was something I had not done yet. And so jumping into that role and just kind of being a sponge and soaking up everything that I could learn in that regards was awesome. And it, I ended up loving recruiting a lot more than I thought I would because I wasn't, I just, I didn't know much about it. I mean, I was on the recruit, I was recruited. And so I was on that end, but then being the one recruiting, I, I learned a lot. 
it's uh that's always that's always a different side of the of the business and and having to do that and obviously on the trail you see a lot of ones that are really good at it and like you said being a spudge and kind of picking it up but uh um it's hard i mean that is no easy task either um especially when you have these kids have um all these coaches coming and talking to them and telling them what they want to hear and just kind of distinguishing the difference and so so two years at uh two years at valparaiso is that correct yep two years at valpo yep and then, so what, what changed? Was it, uh, was it time for something new or was it the opportunity that uh, eventually came at Waukee or what was it, uh, what, what kind of happened first in it? Did you want to get back into the teaching side of things? Um, you know, that, that coaching cycle uh, at the college level, while it can be great, can also be a little unsettling. And so what, what was it that ultimately said, hey, I want to I try my hand at this teaching and would really love to have a high school head job? You know, I would say first off, like being at Valpo was incredible. I think coaching at my alma mater was something I would have never thought that I would have done, which it's funny that I led back there and I loved every second of it. I think a combination of things, I think wanting to be back in the state of Iowa was big for me and my family. And then also like being grounded, right? And teaching was something that I also had a passion for. And I knew that if I waited and waited, it would be probably harder to get, get into it. And so it was something I had to do before it was too long. So I think all those things added up and then hearing about the um, walkie position open was something that I got really, really intrigued about and excited for. And so how, um, you said obviously recently married, um, you know your fiance how how does how what impact did that have is he is he from local here or did that have anything to do with wanting to kind of start to settle down a little bit or what role did that play for you yeah he's so he's from cedar rapids as well um so his family is close there he also wanted to be close to iowa but i think talking about it we both we both loved falpo so i don't think he had a huge influence on it but just just the idea of wanting to get back to iowa at some point was both in our brains and then when an opportunity like Waukee comes up and uh, you interview and obviously are offered the position. Um, so are you still in Indiana or what happens here once, once you get the call and say, Hey coach, we'd love to have you come and, and take this position. Um, where, where are you at? And then ultimately then what was after you hung up the phone, what was the first thought? What, what were you like? Hey, now I got to get this going. Um, yeah. So I was in Indiana. Uh, my first thought was, communicating effectively I think with my staff and the players at Valpo because I didn't by any means want them to think that you know they were a part of the problem because it had nothing to do with them it was a personal decision Um, so that was the first thought and then it was just everything falling into place there Um, my fiance or my husband Jared he was still working in Indiana and so I had moved back here my mom lives in Ankeny so I stayed with her for a while until we found a place and he was done working and pieces just started to fall together yeah it's always uh it's always a big transition like you said uh obviously to to tell your current employer like hey here's an opportunity i imagine they're excited for you um just an opportunity to go and and start and have your own program but that's never an easy conversation to have and then obviously moving um moving sucks all the time no matter if it's across Mm -hmm. town or, or across the state or two states and so it's uh that's never fun but uh so then you so you you get here um are you thinking summer camps are you thinking meet with the current girls 
uh, again, to add to it, obviously the split between the schools. And so now all of a sudden, um, it's just more change and more things that you kind of got to juggle. And so, so once you got to Waukee, then what, what was the first uh, order of business? Uh, first was definitely meeting the girls. After that, it was, you know, what's the plan for summer? We need to have a camp and then obviously get in the gym with um, practices and weights and all, all that good stuff. So those plans started to fall in place once I got here. Um, planning summer camp was awesome. I love kids camp. It's like one of my favorite things. I also ran kids camp at Valpo. So that was a fun experience. Um, but just connecting and building relationships was the, with the girls was one of the first things that was on my docket, um, especially going through the split, right? If you put, if you put yourself in their shoes, it can't be easy. Um, so I wanted to be there for them and get to know them through it all. Cause first and foremost, if you don't know them, you can't coach them. So that was, those were the first things that I did. Yeah. And that's, uh, like you said, just change, change is hard. Um, obviously coming off the success in a state championship, um, and then graduating pretty much that whole team and then splitting everybody up. I mean, it, uh, it was a lot going on, a lot of change for you. Um, and so how, uh, how has now then you're, you're getting into school, how, have, how have workouts and how are things, um, going? Cause you're sixth and seventh grade. Right. And so what, what do you teach? Yeah, I teach sixth and seventh grade math. Yep. Okay. And so, school. so, we so you don't have as much interaction then with your athletes as you would probably prefer to have then on a day on a day to day basis, right? No, not during the day. No. Um, right now, I mean, during the summer, we practice a lot, you know, three, four days a week, and then they lift it. And then now we're into that just open gym a couple days a week, and we can't physically be on the um, court coaching them. So, I'm there letting them into the gym and that's that's when I see them we've had a meeting or two um, but outside of that I did just start fall league so that's also another another fun thing to go to and interact with the girls oh yeah did that just that just start tonight were you guys yeah. up with jo at Johnston is that where you're yeah. Yeah. okay yeah. that's right I forgot tonight was the first night of that yeah Jesus though we got we got you running all over the place here tonight going uh, going to that and then uh, coming here and jumping yeah. on with us so we, we appreciate yeah, it, but I love it. good. Um, so, so what are we thinking? So now you, so now you're starting to see, um, definitely not going to sit here and break down how things went for you guys tonight, but, uh, what are you seeing so far that, uh, that you're liking that, uh, it makes you anxious here for November? I I'm seeing a lot that I like. I think the girls, the girls are tough. They're scrappy and they want to be good and they want to be successful. We are pretty young. You know, we've got a really young crew with just, one senior as of right now that I know that's going out and then a couple of juniors and then loaded with freshmen and sophomores. So we'll be young, but they fight and they, they play really hard, which, which is good because it's hard to teach kids how to play hard all the time. Right. If they don't have that competitive edge, that's one of the harder things to teach. Um, but with a young crew, I think what's important and one of my favorite parts of the games are the fundamentals, you know, kind of hitting those basics, home um, and working on those dailies are daily are important and will be important for us as we move forward yeah like you said as a coach uh trying to pull the competitiveness or the care out of them is really hard um but as a coach you can you can teach them the the x's and o's you can teach them the fundamentals um, you can teach them all that as long as they're willing to compete. And so, well, that's good, Coach. We're uh, we're excited to see uh, the growth process and, and and what you're what you're going to be able to do um, this year and the years to come. 
Um, fingers crossed that uh, everything kind of goes without a hiccup. Uh, obviously, last year, um, you guys would have dealt with it at the college level, but uh, COVID was um, kind of tipped our heads upside down. And so um, fingers crossed that we don't have to go through any of that this year. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I hope everyone stays healthy. Awesome. Yeah, Coach. Well, I mean, incredible story. Um, you know, it's it's really cool. You know how it how it seemed like you kind of have had everything planned out, what you wanted to do, and everything seemed like it worked out for you um, all the way up to right now. You know, getting back to the state, um, being a little closer to family, and you know, not to mention having a you know head coach at you know one of one of the better high schools in the in the area in the CIML. So, congrats on all that stuff. But um, well, we like to uh, end our episodes with a little section we call rapid fire uh, where Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions, some about basketball, some not about basketball, and you let us know uh, what comes to the top of your head. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's do this. Um, favorite visiting gym that you've had an opportunity to play in? Uh, probably Indiana. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that's, yeah. That, that's a, a good fun experience. Hey, assembly hall that uh that is a good answer right there um who's the greatest female basketball player of all time this is the first That's time you've asked, you've asked this question so you have the first answer to this question on our entire podcast so you're not going to be wrong yeah my god you say diana tarasi i mean there's so many there's so many. It's funny you say that because I just actually saw before we jumped on, um, they did a recent poll and actually voted. Yeah, they voted Diana Trossi as the greatest of all time. And so uh, you, yeah. you're, you're spot on with that one. And, and based off of that uh, final shot poster behind you, it looks like if we asked you who the greatest basketball player, it's got to be MJ, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Love it. Um, uh, do you have a favorite basketball shoe? Favorite basketball shoe. And am I big on the case? I don't know the exact like um, like type they were. I just I, I also love Kevin Durant and I loved his shoes. I I, I was gonna say I've had a few KDs and they're super comfortable. So you, that's a that's a good answer there. Yeah. Um, favorite italian spot that you've uh, been able to find in in des moines have you found a, a favorite italian spot yet i haven't we have not eaten a lot of italian yet but my first gut says olive garden but i haven't even been to olive garden for a while since we've moved back here but i haven't hit any italian spots yet in Des Moines. So I might need help with that one. <laughs> we, we might be able to help you out with that. We, our research team tells us is now Italian food is your favorite, right? I love Italian food. Yes. Okay. So that, uh, that's where we're at with that. But uh, we'll, uh, maybe our listeners can help us out too. We'll start a little thread. We'll get, uh, we'll get some of the best Italian food lined up for you. Um, this one is near and dear to our heart. We always got to ask too. So um, pizza. Have you found a favorite pizza place in town yet? Have not found a favorite pizza town yet or pizza place yet in town. If that's this sound really bad. In Valpo, we had like five that we went to and it rotated. And so oh, yeah. we have not found our favorite here yet. Oh, I mean, so what was, what was the best one? What was the best one for you in Valpo? It was a place called Tomato Bar. Oh. If you if you if you ever go to Valparaiso, I would definitely say Tomato Bar is the spot. 
We got a lot of Valley people listening. Jot that down, Adam. Tomato bar. How about uh, how about the favorite pizza spot in Cedar Rapids, Iowa City? Ooh. Um, Zoe's Pizzeria. Yeah. Ever heard of yeah. Zoe's? Yeah, actually. Well, <laughs> funny story. We had a, a past guest and friend of ours, uh, OC, that uh, was texting me for Cedar Rapids pizza places today, and so. Uh, I, I didn't, I had one, I can't even remember the name of it that I had been to, but it's always got it. Mastos, that on the list. Mastos is also really good. That was what, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, yeah. There's nice. a lot of pizza spots there too. There is. That's what I told, that's what I told coach. I'm like a quick Google search tells me I need to get over to Cedar Rapids because uh, there appears to be quite a few places. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Favorite sports movie. I mean, probably love and basketball, or, ooh, uh, what's the one that one called? I'm completely blanking on the name. I love love and basketball. I'm completely blanking on the name of my other one. Well, that's a good one. That's not sports. It's football. I'm blank. I don't know. Love and basketball. That's a that's a good one. Um, it'll hit you as soon either either here in just a minute or as soon as we get done you're gonna be like oh man that's why we call it rapid fire though we don't give these to you we're just we're just throwing them at you so it's not the easiest thing um to to handle here but all right two more coach and we'll get you out of here um obviously shooter's touch uh is the name of this is the name of the podcast we named it for a reason adam and i never seen a shot we don't like and so uh we're going to let it go um, in your career. Um, sounds like you, you very much fit that role too. And so what does it mean to you if you hear that someone has the shooter's touch? I would say um, they kind of have a natural knack for like putting the ball in the basket. And they also love to be in the gym shooting it, right? Like someone who has the shooter's touch, they've seen it go in a lot. So they know that when it goes up, it's going in. <laughs> That's a great answer. Yes, yeah. very, very good. All right, um, last one. We'll get you out of here. Uh, a little bit of a loaded question, and uh, this will change, I think, uh, once you get a little more established. But so far, uh, just a couple months into this, what is your favorite thing about getting the opportunity to be a Waukee Warrior? So far, my favorite thing is definitely building the relationships with the girls and with just the Waukee community. It's an incredible community, and I am really grateful and excited to be here. Yes, and I know um, having talked to a few people, they're excited to have you. Um, hopefully now excited to hear a little bit more of your story. Um, and we really appreciate it. Like you said, we know you had a, had a busy day and a busy evening um, and everything going on. Um, but we appreciate you taking some time, jumping on and sharing your story with us. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. It's awesome. Yeah, as Brian said, Coach, thank you for your time. Uh, we are really excited to come out to a couple games this year um, and excited to have basketball back in our lives here in uh, I think less than a month if I'm recalling that correctly so um, excited overall and uh, we really appreciate your time like you said. Mm -hmm.